It is the week of September 19th. Here are the main headlines for today. The 2020 Nobel Prize in Chemistry was awarded for the discovery of a genetic engineering technique. With all its benefits, the technique has some seriously concerned about its ethical implications. In coronavirus research, new studies suggest that the virus could lead to neurological illnesses. And finally, a new research reveals why coronavirus that once lived harmlessly in bats and other wildlife has become uncontrollable once it jumped the species barrier and entered humans. I'm your host, Daniel Fengon. Welcome to Tiger Minds. Hello everyone. Today we begin again with a Nobel Prize award, this time in chemistry. The Nobel Prize in Chemistry 2020 was awarded to Emmanuel Charpentier and Jennifer Doudna for the development of a method for genome editing known as CRISPR-Cas9. Genetic engineering technology has been one of the most cutting-edge fields of the past decade. Several novel techniques and technologies have revolutionized the field for scientific research. One such tool is the ones developed by Dr. Charpentier and Doudna which have been termed genetic scissors or CRISPR-Cas9. Using these, researchers can change the DNA of animals, plants, microorganisms, and allegedly even humans with extremely high precision. This technology has had a revolutionary impact on the life sciences, is contributing to new cancer therapies, and may someday completely eliminate certain inherited diseases. To understand the impact that CRISPR-Cas9 has brought to the field of scientific research, we need to take a step back to understand where it acts. The genetic code of every living organism is mentioned in its DNA. And scientists need to modify genes in cells if they need to find out about how certain things work. This used to be very time-consuming, difficult and sometimes close to impossible to perform in order to do scientific research. However, using this new technique known as CRISPR-Cas9, genetic scissors, it is now possible to change the code of life, change DNA in itself, not just for the short term, but over the course of just a few weeks, the entire DNA code can be rewritten, which is quite remarkable. Now, these genomes of various organisms, including humans, encode a series of messages and instructions within their DNA sequences. Genome editing involves changing those sequences, thereby changing the message. And this can be done by inserting a cut or a break in the DNA and tricking the cell's natural DNA repair mechanisms into introducing the changes that one wants. Sounds complicated. Well, CRISPR-Cas9 provides a means to do this. In 2012, two important research papers were published in the journals Science and PNAS. And this helped transform bacterial CRISPR-Cas9 into a simple, programmable genome editing tool. And these studies were conducted by separate groups, and they both concluded that the Cas9 could be directed to cut any region of the DNA. Now, since the two groups, led by Charpentier and Doudna, 
discovered that CRISPR-Cas9 genetic scissors in 2012, the use of this technology has exploded and has revolutionized scientific research, especially in basic science. This tool has contributed to many important discoveries in basic research, as well as plant researchers that have been able to develop new crops that can withstand mold, pests, as well as drought. In medicine, for instance, clinical trials of new cancer therapies are still ongoing, and the dream of being able to cure inherited diseases is about to come true using this technology. So how has this Nobel Prize winning technology been used? Well, CRISPR has been used in food and agricultural industries to engineer probiotic cultures and to as well as to vaccinate industrial cultures like yogurt against viruses. It has also been used in crops to improve the yield of the crops, um, how tolerant they are to drought, as well as its nutritional properties have been improved by using this technology. One other important potential application of this technology, CRISPR-Cas9, is to create what are known as gene drives. These are genetic systems which increase the chance of a particular trait being passed on from parent to offspring. According to scientists using this technology, over the course of generations, a particular trait can be engineered into the DNA and this can spread through entire populations. According to a 2016 study published in the journal Nature Biotechnology, gene drives can aid or help in controlling the spread of diseases like malaria by enhancing the sterility among mosquitoes, thereby reducing the spread of malaria and such diseases. From all of this research that is going on around the world using this technology, it is very clear that the CRISPR technology is a simple yet extremely powerful tool for editing genomes. And this award of the Nobel Prize for this technology is very well deserved. It allows researchers to easily alter DNA sequences and modify the gene function. Its many potential applications include correcting genetic defects, treating and preventing the spread of diseases, as well as improving crops. However, once this technology is started to be used in humans, it also raises some serious ethical issues regarding modifying the course of life in humans. One of the most successful people of our time is objectively Elon Musk. And Elon Musk once famously said that he would not go into genetic engineering because the field has one serious problem, trying to achieve genetic excellence. In other words, the problem of editing humans to one's preference. And as you can see, this raises some serious concerns and ethical implications. And turns out Elon Musk was right in this case because this is not just a theoretical problem anymore. After the discovery of this technology, CRISPR-Cas9, in fact, in 2018, a Chinese scientific team used CRISPR-Cas9 to edit the genes of two girls, who are twins, in China. The goal of this 
attempt was to make the girls immune to the infection by HIV, a virus that causes AIDS. Using CRISPR-Cas9, the team altered the DNA of the twins by deletion of a gene called CCR5. HIV requires CCR5 to enter human blood cells, and by causing a deletion of this gene, the hypothesis was that the twins are now immune to HIV infection. In fact, this experiment has been widely condemned as irresponsible and the Chinese team is currently under investigation for their practices. When the news of the first gene-edited babies came out worldwide, it inflamed speculation about whether this technology, CRISPR-Cas9, could one day be used to create super-intelligent humans, perhaps as part of a biotechnology race between nations and countries. This story does not end here. In fact, new research showed that the same gene alteration introduced into the girl's DNA, that is the deletion of the CCR5 gene, when performed in mice, not only made the mice smarter, but scientists think that this could improve human brain recovery after stroke and could be linked greater academic success. And while some view CRISPR-Cas9 as a powerful tool to study cellular functions and to eliminate genetic diseases, others, including governments and regulatory bodies, see a slippery slope here to enhancements, what they call designer babies, and Worst of all, something of a new form of eugenics. In the coming years, it will be exciting to see how this technology and genetic engineering as a whole will revolutionize scientific research and in our understanding of diseases, while also keeping all of these ethical implications under consideration. Next, we move on to updates from coronavirus research. Now, in a new study, researchers analyzed neurological illnesses and risk factors associated with coronavirus and confirmed that, in fact, there is a correlation between coronavirus and the existence of neurological illnesses. Now, within months of the pandemic, COVID-19 and coronavirus was defined by a range of symptoms. That included loss of smell, fatigue, fever, and respiratory symptoms. When it began, there were only rare cases of neurological symptoms, like nerve damage and short-term memory loss. However, in a systematic study, a recent report published in the journal Annals of Clinical Translational Neurology from the Northwestern University showed that nearly 80% of coronavirus patients had neurological symptoms. Since the beginning of this pandemic, several cases of neurological illnesses associated with COVID-19 have been reported. In June, there was a study published in the Journal of Clinical Neuromuscular Disease that reported the case of a 54-year-old man who tested positive for coronavirus was later diagnosed with a rare neurological illness known as Julian-Barr syndrome. This rare disorder is the result of the immune system attacking the nerves. And the delay of these neural signals can consequentially develop into paralysis. 
However, this was not a one-off case. The illness had been previously associated with SARS and MERS. And by June of this year, nearly 10 cases of Julian-Barr syndrome were reported from China, Italy, and Spain. Moving along, in July, another study led by the University College London presented both neurological and neuropsychiatric conditions that were associated with coronavirus. Of course, it is important to note that these are all correlational studies, that is, coronavirus and neurological symptoms are correlational in these reports that were made, and there are no reason to think that one leads to the other. And there is still a lot of research that needs to uh, be done in order to determine possible cognitive deficits of those who are recovering or those are already recovered. Also, neurological conditions have been implicated to be one of the long-term symptoms in those that had mild cases of coronavirus but had been sick for weeks and up to several months. Now, scientists have made some predictions and hypotheses about how coronavirus could be affecting the brain. Now, coronavirus is known to attack other organs, including blood vessels and the heart. However, researchers say that its main target is the lungs, where it makes breathing difficult thus starving the body of oxygen that it needs to stay alive. Low levels of oxygen in the body and the brain is one of the most common neurological problems, was the finding in this study. And this could lead to confusion, coma, or even permanent brain damage. The results of this study suggest that the main priority when dealing with coronavirus might be to stabilize body oxygen levels in patients with COVID-19. This could be a potentially key therapy for stopping, preventing, and also possibly reversing neurological problems associated with COVID-19. And finally, let's talk about the evolution of coronavirus. Now, a new research asks the very important question that everybody has been asking for a long time which is, how has the coronavirus that once lived harmlessly in bats for decades and even centuries now spread so rapidly in humans over the course of a single year? So here are the facts as we know it. The coronavirus behind the COVID-19 crisis has lived in bats, pangolins, and other wildlife for a long time. In 2003, there was a SARS outbreak that was nowhere close to the outbreak that led to the global pandemic this time. Once this coronavirus jumped the species barrier and spilled over to humans, it has become a very dangerous virus and spreads through the air. And it is known that the SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus behind COVID-19, causes changes to the RNA structure. Part of the reason why some vaccine developers are focusing on mRNA-based strategies. So based on all of this information that we have so far, the question is what has changed? How did the coronavirus that was once lived harmlessly in bats and other wildlife become the cause for a global pandemic in humans? Now, researchers at Duke University set out to ask this question. And they identified a number of what are known as silent mutations in the virus's genetic code that helped it thrive once it made the leap from bats to humans, and scientists think that this possibly 
helped set the stage for the global pandemic. These subtle changes or silent mutations involved how the virus folded its RNA molecules within human cells. Silent mutations in our genetic code are quite prevalent, even in humans, and are mutations that do not necessarily have an observable effect or a phenotype, meaning that they are silent, nothing is expressed, and they are generally harmless. But what these changes in the RNA structure might have done to set the SARS-CoV-2 virus in humans apart from other coronaviruses is still unknown. But they may have contributed to the virus's ability to spread before people even know they have it. And this is a crucial difference that has made the current situation so much more difficult to control than the SARS coronavirus outbreak of 2003. For this particular study published in the journal Peter J, these researchers used statistical methods to identify the changes that arose in the SARS-CoV-2 genome in humans, but not in closely related coronaviruses found in bats and pangolins. And the new study, they flagged the mutations that altered the spike proteins, suggesting that viral strains containing these mutations are more likely to thrive. Now, the researchers also found that the so-called silent mutations also occurred in two other regions of the SARS-CoV-2 genome, molecules that are named NSP4 and NSP16. And these two molecules appear to have given the coronavirus an evolutionary advantage over previous strains of coronavirus without altering the proteins that they encode, because these are silent mutations. So, what do these silent mutations in SARS-CoV-2 do once they got to humans? If they don't express themselves, if they are not expressed in the phenotype, then what did these silent mutations do? And the scientists claim that instead of affecting the proteins, that the changes likely affected how the virus's genetic material, which is made of RNA, which we already know, folds up into 3D shapes and functions inside human cells. In other words, that it's the 3D folding of the RNA that is affected by the silent mutations rather than the protein themselves. Now this is very convincing because NSP4 and NSP16 are among the first RNA molecules that are produced when the virus infects a new person and the spike protein doesn't get expressed until later. So scientists think that they make a better therapeutic target because they appear earlier in the viral life cycle. This research is compelling and promising in many ways. One, by pinpointing the genetic changes that enable the new coronavirus to thrive in human hosts, scientists may be able to better predict future outbreaks of diseases or infections that are naturally transmissible from animals to humans before they even happen. On a more general note, Viruses are constantly mutating and evolving. So it's possible that a new strain of coronavirus capable of infecting other animals may come along in the future that also has the potential to spread to people, like SARS-CoV-2 did. So we'll be able to recognize it and make efforts to contain it early using these technologies. And of course, secondly, this research could lead to new molecular targets for treating or preventing COVID-19.
And that's it for today's episode, folks. Thank you for listening to the Tiger Minds podcast, where we bring you new ideas and discoveries on Mondays and Fridays. Please check the show notes for the research publications relevant to the topics we discussed today. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tiger Minds Podcast for episode previews. I'm Daniel Fengon. See you next time.